Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. One click and now we're live and we're streaming across the interwebs, all across the globe and the intergalactic space. And man, I'm just excited. I'm excited (laughs) about this one. I'm excited too. Yes. Now let me tell you about who this is we're chatting with today. Let me, let me explain and why I'm just so excited. I was even talking to myself walking into the building today because I was so excited. She is a powerful marketing leader, powerful and a storyteller and a designer. How powerful Casey is she? Well, she was even named one of the 50 most powerful women by a particular company and by a particular, you know, a a magazine that that saw her power just coming like X-Men or one of those Marvel movies. She also has a passion for building brands and 20 plus years of experience that we're going to dive into today and learn from. Uh, And also kind of really interesting aside, she developed the Diamond Dash, a fundraiser in New York City, a scavenger hunt to find a cure for leukemia. We're going to chat about those kind of things too. The VP of marketing at Amore Equipment Finance, Jacqueline Manning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Casey. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 
man, you are so busy. There's so much things going on in your intro. And I realize it's just scratching the surface. Yeah, busy. But that's, you know, that's what life's all about. Keeping that's what it we exciting. do, right? That's, that's what powerful what we people do. do. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you sound like I've got some sort of, you know, cape on the back of me. I don't know. I think I get more, uh, more powerful, you know, mentions for just being a mom and a working mother than I do for anything I'm doing in my career. But, you know. Well, knowing what that takes and having observed that from my wife, uh, hell yeah. Yeah. More, like, and I, dads, I shout out to dads, right? They're, yeah, they're well, totally dad, awesome. yeah. Yeah, but go to work dads have a little easier, a lot easier than a, than a mom. <laughs> Uh, for sure. So yeah, it, basically you have lightning bolts coming out of your fingertips. Absolutely. So for those listening, you can't, if you want to see that, you just go watch on YouTube. Um, right, but absolutely. this show is the marketing leadership series. So we're talking to VPs like yourself who have that, the decades of experience, have seen the ins and the outs, understand navigating the, the organization and, and really what it takes to do marketing in a company. And so what I want to do is start the show off the way I start every show. And I'm going to pick this thing up. It's really heavy. Okay. Superpowers. Okay. Here you go. Wow. It's epic. Thor's hammer. It. You got it? Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right. Take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception that just drives you crazy. You want to set the record straight. Yeah. So I think I have a good one for us to talk about today, which is, you know, every person and every organization truly understands the value of marketing. Mm. And I think we could talk about this in a lot of different directions, right? So, you know, I mean- and That's the myth, right? Like that's the myth. Not everyone does. Not everybody does. And I think it's also very complex. It's really different, right? So I think the most, you know, common understanding of marketing is, you know, marketing is sales support right? Most organizations yes. look at marketing as sales support. Um, and even that, I'm not really convinced that that's what marketing is, right? Marketing and sales should be fluid and work hand in hand and be a cohesive, you know, division, cohesive being with a cohesive purpose. Um, you know, and then you've got, you've got, you know, does everybody really value marketing? Well, what does that really mean? Yeah. Right. So on the sales side, you know, it's, are we here to, to be your administrative support, right? To generate sure. leads for you, to push content out so that ultimately you can be the hero and, and close sales and yeah. generate revenue for the business. Uh, but I think it's bigger than that. You know, uh, over my career, I found that, you know, the value of marketing, it's really good marketers, good marketing. It's really like the soil of the earth, right? Nice. Yeah. It's really like, you know, good foundational soil to any organization because it's so much broader and so much larger than just working with sales. Right. So yeah. in my career, it's been, especially now, right today, it's been really working, you know, side by side with our technical departments our IT departments, mm. right. Building a lot of that infrastructure and data and how we use the data and, you know, what does big data mean and AI and predictive <laughs> analytics, right? And all this stuff. And it's all about how we're storing it and how we're using it and how marketing can come in and make it actionable. And so what's the value there, right? Right. Um, and that's not even really about, I mean, obviously that's taking it and turning it into sales support, but the value of marketing is really making sure you can mine that data, understand that data, use that data to help 
grow a business. But beyond that, so those are some of the obvious, right? Yeah. Um, beyond sort of IT and sales, you know, and about marketing being the soil of a good organization, you know, in my roles, it's been, you know, customer care, right? It's been, you know, HR, building a good culture, right? Marketing is about communication. It's about engagement. It's about captivation. It's about communication, right? And that all starts with your organization, with the people that you work with. It's about building a really great culture. Um, And oftentimes you'll go, well, what's the value marketing, right? What's the ROI? What's the ROI? Right. And that's super important. But I don't know that you can just measure marketing on just ROI. In fact, I might debate, I'm not really sure you should measure marketing on ROI, right? Interesting. Um, Or that alone. You know, marketing is about communication and culture and, you know, the way our customer care departments and team members engage with our customers over their lifetime and their journey. And there can't be a disconnect there, right? Because if on the front end, you're promising some sort of brand value, um, and then it's not happening all the way through that life cycle, there's a huge disconnect. So there's value in making sure that the messaging is right and all the people are connected. Um, You know, additionally, you know, it's for my particular case now and in my, you know, probably past decade of work, it's been, you know, our underwriting team, our credit team, making sure that what we're saying out in the market actually is what we're, what we're doing on the back end, right? There has to be a huge, you know, connection there. Um, and then legal, right? What's the value in marketing yeah. from a legal perspective? You know, I mean, everything that we do, the way that we're collecting data, right? How we're storing it. Right. We want to make sure that, you know, we're not doing anything irresponsible, right? We want to protect the company. We want to protect our brand. We want to protect our reputation. Yep. So to me, you know, when I have these conversations about, well, what's the value you bring to the table, right? I think that that's a really interesting conversation to have because most people look very singularly at what yep. is marketing value. Yep. It's just, we want leads, we want conversions, we want engagement, we want revenue, yep. which that's a large portion of what marketing is. But when you really look at what marketing should be to your organization, I think it should be much bigger than that. Right. You know, right. Um, and to me, and I'm not trying to sound, you know, egotistical because some people might be listening and going like, wow, she really thinks a lot of herself, right? She really thinks <laughs> a lot of marketing. Well, right? you are one of the 50 most powerful women on the planet. So, <laughs> right, right. Totally. I love how it's going from just my industry to the planet. Yeah, Let's make it hey, bigger, right? Know, that's marketing for Let's you, right? Go there. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that that's, you know, what's really interesting to me. And then when I, when I think about, you know, how do people really value marketing, you know, it, it really starts internally, right? About mm. like building a good culture. And I've, throughout my career, it's, it's really trying to understand the role marketing plays within an organization. And I think, you know, internal communication is where you really build amazing brands. You have to start internally. And well, let me as let long, me let me take yes. this back because there's a there's a lot here and um lot. and and I want to get to internal communication, uh, but I want to go right back to that that myth that you smashed and you had said, you know that not everyone understands what marketing is or the value it provides and I 
I think that's brilliant because you're not, it's two parts, right? First of all, what do you do? And, and then you shared so many different things that, that you're doing and you're right. It touches all these different departments. And then it's like secondarily, then people understanding the value. So it's like, there's all this activity, there's all this work, there's all this effort that we're doing. And it, unlike other departments, I feel like it, it touches every, it's like, it's much more global organizational than every other department, which is so siloed. Do you see any other departments that are not as siloed as that or? No, I think, you know, I think recently there's been a really interesting shift, right? And, yeah. and now I would say probably marketing and IT are the two departments that ultimately help build an organization's infrastructure. Uh, yeah, IT, you're right. That, that does kind of cross into all the different, like, who, what kind of tech do you want across everything? Yeah. Right. And now marketing and IT, it used to be like marketing and communications and PR got a little blurry, right? Now sort of yeah. PR is under this marketing umbrella, you know, and it's part of a tactic and channel that marketers do. Mm -hmm. um, and now the division between IT and marketing with all the tools and the data and how we're tracking it and the systems, right? And the apps and the plugins and everything, there's this very gray line between, wait a minute, am I, a, am I marketing or am I IT? Sometimes right. it's really hard, but I would say that those are the two departments ultimately that really are, you know, supporting an overall organization, at least the way I'm seeing it. Yeah. That's so interesting that they, they, and I, I guess you, maybe you could say finance does too, but it, but in a way they kind of still just kind of stick to their own things. Everyone else makes their own budget, but you're right. Like IT and marketing have that struggle. Um, and and maybe we talk more about them in a second, but I want, I want to bring you back to what you had said too about the internal communication. I, I, you know, I know when you mentioned this and we started chatting about it, like it's so true. We don't think about internal messaging and, and you shared all these different things that, I mean, even getting into HR and culture and all that on the marketing side, you know, people don't understand what we do. So how can right. they possibly understand the value of what we provide right. without some kind of internal messaging. So what, what's your take on that? How, how do you approach that? Yeah. You know, I think it's challenging. I mean, I think it's a struggle for a lot of people. I think it's a struggle for a lot of organizations, you know, yeah. people want to look at the bottom line. They want to look at the numbers. They want to look at the data and say, okay, I spent X to generate Y. Right. Yep. And that's a large port portion of how marketers are really, you know, um, sort of perceived as valuable employees. But when I look at what I do in a day and what I've done throughout my career, you know, the value that I'm bringing is so much more than just the bottom line and, yeah. you know, generating leads. I mean, those are tactics that I'm very proud of. And I think those are things that are expected from every really good marketer. But in my opinion, you know, when you, when you talk about adding value, I mean, for me, you know, I want to know that I'm making a difference. Yeah. Right. That's why I get up and I go to work 100%. every day. Yeah. Right. And what does that mean? What does making a difference mean? Right. I want to add value. Right. I want to, I want to have anyone look at me and go like, wow, you know, she really, Jacqueline really helped us get to this destination. And we feel that she's going to help us get to the next five years, the next 10 years. Right. And businesses evolve times change, right? Tools change, technology, yeah. consumers, the way that they're consuming information, it changes all the time. And, but I think that there's a couple constants, right? I think the constant is, you know, 
a culture internally, communication, good communication tactics, um, really believing in your vision and your mission and your core values and your brand yeah. promise and making sure that marketing has a play in establishing those, mm. right? So that these are all things that, you know, it's not just about going out to market to find customers. It's about going out to market to say, hey, we're an awesome company. We want to, we want to attract amazing talent. And to do oh, that, yeah. marketing has to work with HR and say, here's why we rock, right? This is why you want to work with us. And I think if marketing is not yeah. involved in that conversation, you know, you can't, you can't present yourself. You can't position yourself as an amazing place to work. Um, so for me, there's a lot of blurry lines around how you define, how you define value. You know, and you mentioned, and I know you're, you're a brand builder. When I think of the word brand, I, I really feel it's transformed when I'm talking to you because this is getting into the brand side of marketing where brand is everything, right? It it's is everything. in your recruiting. It is in your internal communications, how you hire every sort of public, you even mentioned the, the underwriting team, like are the messages we're sending out in the ops team, does that, does that line up and jive with who we've been presenting that we are? Right. And no one else is thinking about that. Someone has to, and, and there's value to that. And maybe you can't calculate that because you can't put a tracking code on every single email like that, you know, or right. every piece of paper you have. Right. Well, and I think, you know, when it comes to like building brands, because that is what I'm passionate about. And, yeah. you know, there's marketing can go in so many different silos, right? True. It's amazing. Yeah. But for me, it's about building a really good brand because at the end of the day, that's where I think, you know, marketing leaders need to start, right? Start from the, from the bottom up or the top down. Because um, if you build a really strong brand, you can bring in all the different silos and you can... You can do all the tactics you need to do, but if you don't have a really strong brand, for me, it just sort of falls apart, right? Yeah, yeah. and then all your, all your different activities would look like separate, disparate activities because it's not right. tied together. So, you know, the inevitable question now is, how do you build a great brand? Yeah, so for me, you know, I think, and I've been lucky in my career that, you know, I like challenges, right? Yeah, I yeah, like to totally. get my hands dirty. Um, I like to get into really, you know, challenging situations and and that's i mean ultimately in my career that's what i've been hired for right, right. i've been hired come in we sort of need help you know we want to rebrand ourselves or reposition ourselves or you know we want to become x and we need help from a marketing perspective to get to that destination yeah um and i love that i mean that's really exciting and so for me you know when you start anywhere and you're talking about building a brand it's really you know it's this discovery phase in the beginning right you have to do a deep dive into you know who are we right what do we do what's our product what's our value proposition how are we better than the competitors what do the competitors look like you know what do they have what's their value value proposition you know how much the pie are they eating can we take some of their pie how much yeah. pie is open for us right um, and you have to really sort of do this market analysis and take a look at the overall landscape and you do this discovery phase, right? And then you collect as much data as you possibly can. And I think that that's external, right? I think it's yeah. internal, right? You sort of do both of those and then you go, okay, so either we're completely aligned with everything you want to do and we don't really have to tweak much. We just have to sort of create a bit of a framework and start building. 
right. to achieve these things. Or you go, yeah, well, you're telling me that you want to be when you grow up or what you think you are today isn't what people perceive of you in the market. Sure. Right? And I'm so sure it's all the time. Yeah. All the time. So you have to change their perception, right? And that requires strategy, tactics, framework, buy-in from everyone within the organization, buy-in from some of your loyal customers, your loyal partners, right? These people that have been with you who, you know, they believe in you and they want to see you grow, yes. right? And that's where I think it all starts. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to messaging, right? Mm. It's back to communication. I think at every, the core of every good brand, every good marketer is communication. I mean, that's what we do. It all comes back to communication. The, I think let me, so. Let me linger on this with the, the branding, and then I want to talk more internal communication. So when it comes to, you mentioned repositioning, rebranding. Yeah. You know, let's say there's a company that's been doing product A for the longest time, and they really could very easily offer product B. And so they've been yeah. starting to offer it, but everyone thinks they still only do A. Like, what kind of things, how would you approach that? It's like you have two very complimentary services, but everyone only, they know you as like, oh, you're those people. And it's like, yes, and this. Yeah. What kind of messaging do you create to help impact that? Yeah, so I've been there. Right. Cool. So I worked at a luxury retailer and they were third generation family owned business in Manhattan on Fifth Avenue, right? Known as a bridal destination, bridal registry place. Okay. Um, and that's what they'd been for generations. And when they brought me on, they said, Hey, so we wanna we wanna try to target a different audience because at the end of the day, you know, crate and barrel came into the market and oh, yeah. People aren't registering for fine China anymore. So we have to find a way to reinvent ourselves. So we've already got these bridal customers. So it makes natural sense to offer engagement rings and wedding bands and fine jewelry for gifting, right? Right. Because you're still celebrating weddings and so forth and so on. So they brought me in and they said, well, we have to basically, we don't want to lose the market that we have, but we want to reposition ourselves to capture more of a different market, Right. Right. And I mean, that was, you know, I had a love affair with my job at that time because, you know, the product was amazing. The destination was amazing. It had, you had amazing brands. You had everything there. You're talking about just introducing a new product. Right. And for that, again, you know, it's really understanding who your customer base is. And if you're going to add an additional product, what is going to offer that existing customer base value to shop at your destination versus a different destination? Mm. And then how can you create a whole new consumer base, right? That isn't currently shopping that you can maybe upsell to your traditional product right. that you've had for generations. And so that was really fun. And, you know, I mean, I was very successful there. I loved it there. Um, but it was a challenge. I mean, you know, we did all kinds of things and we had events all the time where we would do, you know, bridal events. So we would try to push the newer products of engagement rings and wedding bands and we'd create, you know, wish bridal wish lists. And then we'd read out, reach out to the, you know, the boyfriends and the husbands and the spouses and say, guess what? So-and-so came in for an event. They have a wish list. Come in. We'll pop some champagne and we'll make it easy for you. You don't have to worry about what you're going to get them for X, Y, and Z holiday or gifting occasion. Right. Um, and then once you get them for the engagement ring, right? You get them for the wedding bands. Then you get them for the bridal registry. And so you're you're expanding 
you know, the consumer life cycle by offering additional products. So I've had that. And I think the repositioning, you know, it's challenging. It's really mm -hmm. challenging. And, you know, I mean, this is what's interesting, right? We talk about, I'm going to take it back to valuing marketing, yeah. right? So I work in this industry, right? Bridal registry, fine China, right? Cater to the top half percent of the world. I mean, my clients were the Bushes, the Clintons, wow. Trumps, you know, Saudi princes, royalty, famous people, you name it. And then everyday brides and grooms. And it was, it was, it was amazing. And I remember, you know, Fine China was just, registries were falling off bit by bit. You could see you were sort of losing market share there to the crate and barrel, so forth and so on of the world. But you were gaining market share on engagement rings and wedding bands. So the business sort of went like this, right? We wanted to see them both rise. Yeah. And so the, you know, the registry industry, the fine China industry, they held a meeting. So they had all these manufacturers like Lennox and, you know, um, yeah. Wedgwood and all these manufacturers. And they had all the luxury retailers and they called this, this meeting of the minds. Right. Mm -hmm. And I showed up and, and they were all the manufacturers basically like Lord Wedgwood was there. He was there. Right. Wow. And he's like, did he have robes on and trumpets played? He should have, right? Yeah, he should right? have. He should and he have. got up and he was like, we were, and we were coming together. We're like, how can we reinvent this industry, right? Yeah. We can't do it as a retailer in Manhattan, right. but we can maybe do it. Like we can have a revolution, right? Yeah. And all these manufacturers stood up and they were like, we've made our millions. The ship has sailed. We're good. And they, they, they left. Wow. And then you're left as retailers of these luxury brands going, if the manufacturers don't want to try to fix the problem, right, then you just can't solve the problem. You got to move on to a different product. Right. So, so I've been there and that was like, that was one of the best moments of my career sitting there and going like, well, I mean, you could be an amazing marketer, right? I mean, the best marketer that ever walked the planet. And if you're standing there and the product you're selling basically goes, we're out, right? There's not a lot you could do there, but you know, that's a unique situation. Um, but amazing to be there in that situation and all the hope that we're going to change the world and start a revolution. And then people are just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you flip the table? I could see you flipping the table. I was in utter shock and disbelief. Sure. I really was. I thought like, this is amazing, right? This is a union. We're going to come together and we're going to, we're going to reinvent this whole industry. It's possible. All the right people, all the right minds are in the room. Right. But only half the table really wanted to make change happen. So, you know, the good news is where I was at the time, we sort of saw that trend coming. Yeah. So we were ahead of the curve. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I think just, you know, reinventing yourselves and repositioning and adding different products to, to your offering you know, it's a challenge. I think every single situation has a different challenge. Um, and, and, but they're exciting. And if you can right. sort of flip it on its side, I mean, that's a great journey to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see it is the challenge for sure. Did you ever go to any bridal events? Oh, so many more so, than I, more than I'd like to. <laughs> so I, I, I did this like sales thing with a friend um, who was running a tuxedo company. And he was like, I need people at the trade show to, 
you know, help with this. And I was like a marketer. Mm-hmm. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll take this thing on. And it was kind of like a sales gig to get people to sign up to come try on tuxedos in your stores mm-hmm. um, and you get them to sign up there. So I've been to like a lot of bridal shows. Um, wow. And so when you mentioned sort of that industry, it was like, wow, that's interesting. And, and uh, you're right. There's just different type in it. It sort of, it did evolve though. It did kind of, and, and uh, it has shifted and it's almost like things keep shifting as much as we love them to stay the same. We have to kind of keep adapting to. Absolutely. It's going. Absolutely. I think that's one of the, true testaments of a good marketer, you know, staying ahead of curves and, and adapting and never really settling for the status quo. Cause once you settle for status quo, man, you're done. Yeah. You know, Wedgwood gets kicked out of his castle and they turn it into an Airbnb because totally. it doesn't evolve. Totally. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think that's, that was a really um, pivotal point in my career for really understanding, you know, you can be, you know, all powerful and you can be amazing as a marketer, but at the end of the day, you really have to understand your position, right? And how much power right. you actually have. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. How do you in- communicate internally? How do you get, cause it's like, a, it's like your audience externally. There's like different audiences internally. There's the salespeople and right. they speak a different language than the IT team and, or finance. Like how do you intern? internally communicate the value, what marketing is doing and the value it's providing to organizations? Yeah. So I think, you know, I treat everyone in every organization I've ever worked at as a client, right? I look at myself as a marketing agency, right? And everyone internally is a client. And so I'm here to really help service them to make them be successful. And that changes depending upon who the audience is, right? And I know if I'm talking to my sales team, you know, they want certain deliverables, they want certain content, you know, they want me to help them close that next partner and, you know, offer value on the sales side, right? right. Here's what we're going to do to help you in this particular, you know, where I'm at now to more finance, you know, it's like, how do we help our partners, you know, sell more equipment? I mean, that's our ultimate goal. And we are really passionate about that. Um, you know, and then on the other side, it's, it's, you know, customer care, it's working with them to make sure that, listen, you know, we're delivering superior customer centric service, every touch along the way, right. right? That starts at the top of the funnel and all the way down. And you have to make sure that you're, you're consistent in your messaging, right? And I think also when you talk about value, right? You talk about, you know, trust. I mean, listen, we're a financial institution, right? We're top five independent in the U.S., right? Wow. So when you talk about trust, I mean, to me, that's one of the most important factors. And as a marketer, when you talk about how do you determine the value of marketing, you want to make sure that your brand has a reputation of being trustworthy, right? At the end of the day, that's one of the things that really matters the most. Um, and I think that starts with every single employee. You know, they have to trust our leaders. Leaders have to trust and empower our employees. We have to trust each other. And ultimately by doing that, right, back to helping to build an awesome brand, you're building an environment, an ecosystem where our customers are going to trust us because hopefully, you know, when we say what we're going to do something, we do it. 
right? And uh, I think trust is really important. And, you know, part of marketing is about getting that feedback, right? Internal feedback. So we want to know from our employees, like, hey, we said we're going to do X. Did we deliver, right? Right. Um, to our customers, hey, are we delivering great service? Are, do you feel like, you know, you can trust us? Are you with us for the long haul? I think that's really important for marketers to get feedback internally and externally on a consistent basis to make sure you've got checks and balances in place so that everything you're doing in your case studies and your white papers and your video content, what you're posting on social media and everything you're putting in your emails and marketing automation, everything, it's interconnected mm -hmm. and it all supports a sort of ecosystem. And, you know, I'm one of those like nosy type of people when I, you know, I'm in the office and I walk around and I talk to people, I want to know like, hey, are people happy? Are we, are we doing the right thing, right? Do you feel good when you go home every day? Because you're delivering on our mission and our vision and you're living out our core values and this is an awesome place to work. And when you talk to customers, when you talk to other employees, everybody's excited to be here, right? Yeah. That's marketing, you know? And that, right, when you talk about like tactics, that's, there's so many tactics involved in that, mm. you know? And of course, there's, of course, there's lead gen. Of course, there's helping to close business. There's revenue. There's, you know, how many website visits did we get? How many likes? How many shares? How many this? How many that? But to me, that's all just expected. I, I think marketing needs to, you know, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to step up our game. Yeah. You know, we need to play a bigger role within the organization. That way everyone can really say like, hey, this is how marketing is offering value to what I do every day. You know, you want everyone to feel like if I have a problem, I can pick up the phone, I can call somebody in marketing. And most times, right, you can solve problems by just talking them out. It's true. All about back to communication. It's true. Yeah. I was thinking about this, you know, nobody puts marketing in the corner, you know, like we can't right. just be, in our, you're walking around the office talking to people, you're interacting with the different departments and, and you're building trust by being, by talking to these different groups and different people. And, and I love that you said at the beginning that treat everyone, you know, internally as a client and right. nothing like being treated like a client to really get the sense that you're important and that marketing cares about you and, and sees you as as the, the, the client, we, I mean, the client is the client. Like we, the client is always right. You are the star in our lives here. It's not all about me, me, me here in marketing. We're like putting you first. And that, right. I'm sure that helps build trust internally. Absolutely. I mean, it has to, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's important, you know. And the other thing that, you know, I'm just so fascinated by when you talk about, you know, value of marketing. Um, this sort of, this is just like a, stops me dead in my tracks, right? I don't understand it. I value marketing, obviously, you know, I love it. It's a passion of mine. It's my hobby. It's my career, you know. Um, and it's always interesting when I talk to people and they say, hey, so I work for this, you know, pharmaceutical company, just mm -hmm. as an example, right? And I want to hire somebody in marketing, but I only want to hire a marketing leader that came from my competitor mm. in the pharmaceutical space because I want to take that person and I want to just repurpose their ideas, repurpose their content, repurpose all the creativity that they already did at my competitor and do it here, right? At right. my company. Like, I don't understand. Then to me, I go, I don't really think you value marketing, right? Because all you're doing is you're creating a sea of sameness. But let me tell you, there are industries, industries 
that have that frame of mind, right? We're just going to hire people from our competitors that are in marketing because we want, we want what they did at my competitor do the same thing here so we can yield the same exact results. We don't want to be different. We don't want to be creative. We don't want to be champions of big ideas. We don't want to be sideways thinkers. You know, we don't want innovation. We don't want problem solving for marketers. We just mm -hmm. want a sea of sameness. Yeah. And I ask, I mean, you, do you see that, Casey? I see it all the time. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, I do. I'm trying to figure out where does that come from? It, and what does that, by doing that, what, what are they indicating they think marketing does? You know, is right. it, it's like, well, it, that person was brilliant and they're one step ahead of us. So we'll bring that person over here. And to your point, the same, the same sameness. And you know what? In my experience, you know, pulling someone from another company, uh, I, sometimes people have come from other companies and you're like, yes, come. I'm sure you hate the culture of your other company. Come join this right. one. We have a different mission and values and culture. But when you take people, that doesn't, it's not normally a, a good thing um, right. to, to, because there is a different language. Usually they're speaking and they're, they're your competitor. They're right. not necessarily going to plug and play into yeah, but what, what is that mindset that, that, that people have if they think that you just need to grab someone that already knows the industry over there and, and pull and push them in here? I don't know. I mean, it's sort of fascinating to me because when you think about, you know, marketer, right? So if I work in, we'll stick with the pharmaceutical theme. If I work in a pharmaceutical industry and I'm running marketing for pharmaceutical, what am I going to do at company A that when I go to company B, I'm going to do different? Right. I mean, right. a lot of the content, the way that you're engaging product could be a little different, but at the end of the day, it's really like a CSA miss. So I, I, mm. I think to myself all the time when I talk to a lot of my friends in marketing or that are CEOs outside of the space that I'm in, they go, Hey, do you know anybody in marketing, you know, that works in this particular industry? Cause I only want to hire people in this industry. And I would say to them, like, you gotta challenge yourself. Right. And I think if you look at my career, the one thing that I love is I never, worked in the same industry, right? Because I want people to hire me for fresh new ideas. Yeah. And as long as you're, it's actually sales, right? If you're a good marketer, if you're a good salesperson, a lot of those skills are transferable. Um, and that's some what the, excites me. Yeah. No, some of the best ideas come from a person who doesn't even know what the heck you're talking about. And it's their first couple months in the company. And they're like, but why do we do this? And you're like, right. That's a great point. There's right. actually no reason that we do that. We probably right. shouldn't do that. Right. And we just needed someone who isn't in the same sea of sameness. I love that right. phrase, sea of sameness, to point same. out, you know, we don't need to do that. Or and to your point, this industry, this industry, what it kind of is tied into whether it's a competitor or just people that are in your same industry. Um, what is it about? What is it about companies that think that? you can't just learn. I mean, most of us all have grown up like learning new industries. I mean, I've done data integration and I've done, right. you know, marketing automation and right. tuxedos. Like you, we, we all learn. Right. Well, we're all evolving. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I think that that's when you talk about like every organization, every person in an organization, they understand the value of marketing. To me, I think, you know, across industries, that's a big that's a big fail, right? On CEOs, on hiring managers to hire a CSA miss. You know, to me, that doesn't send the message that you really value marketing, Yeah. right? And I can understand it in, in specific roles, right? Like, yeah, sales, you want to bring a book business, we get it, right? Like that makes sense. 
but um, but marketers are supposed to be like innovators, right? And right. how can I don't understand it? So that to me, it's like I just don't see that we as a nation, as a world, you know, on the global scale, if we're doing this, that we really value marketing. So to me, it's sort of like, hey, audience that's listening, like I challenge you, if you're one of those people that wants to just have hamsters run on a wheel, right? Sort of the sameness. Yeah. Think outside the box. I mean, there's a lot of really creative people and maybe that can challenge you, right? right. And that's, that could have some really good outcomes. And you need the fresh ideas. You need things yeah. that are different. Hey, you know, in this industry, you know, we do podcasts all the time. Podcasts in this industry, that doesn't sound like an idea. Well, let's try it. You know, right. like, oh, oh, we, we tried that 30 years ago and that didn't work. Let's not do idea X now. You know, right. you want fresh ideas to come in and, oh, you're new to this industry? Let us tell you the basics of this industry. I mean, even right. that's good content. Absolutely. Like it, it's better to be fresh, really, in that instance. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think to circle back, like on the value of marketing, I think it comes down to, you know, how do you make, like, I think that's a myth, right? That everybody really understands the value of marketing because it's so singular and most people, most organizations really look at, look at it through a singular lens. Right. And to me, I think, you know, it's much more holistic, right? It's really important. It's again, like the soil of a really good organization. Um, and so how do you make marketing be the superstar? Right. Right. How do you make, how do you make marketing be the superstar? And that takes time. Sure. Right. Every situation is really different. Every company is structured different. Um, but I believe over time, any marketer, every marketer should be the superstar of an organization, right? Oh, Especially yeah. if they're synced up with sales. Oh yeah. Um, you know, because then, you know, revenue talks, but, communication, building a brand, trusting employees are happy, you know, it's, it's awesome. Retention, everything, that's where we want to be. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, that's what I've worked on throughout my career is how do you make marketing a superstar? Um, you know, and I think, I think it's finding the right company. Yeah, true. Right? True. Yeah, right? you got to be as selective as they are, right? not more. Right. Like it's not about, you know, them interviewing you. You got to flip it on its side. You got to interview them. Like, is this the right sure. fit here? You know, um, you know, and I think it's, it's, you know, aligning yourself with like-minded people, right? Leaders who aren't happy with the status quo. Right. And they want to shake things up. Right. To your you point know? that culture is so much more important than the industry experience or experience at a competitor. It, it's no, that Herb Keller, you know, like hire for attitude, train for skill, like get the people right. in that are passionate like you are and, right. and talking like you are and love the mission, love the customer and want to help however they can. And they'll, they'll learn the industry. They'll right. learn the, the vocab that your marketing uses and sales uses. They'll learn that. But it, right. more importantly is, can, are they on board? Are they like all in on that mission? Right. And that's the thing, I mean, you know, you have to align yourself with the right company, but the company should really align themselves with the right person, right? Yeah. That has, you have to have the share, a shared vision, right? For the future. Um, and I think that that's really important. And I always say, you know, for me, making marketing a superstar, it's really about purpose, right? Like yeah. I hear this all the time, purpose and passion, right? Aligning your purpose and your passion. And I would sort of say it's like the three P's instead of the two P's, right? So 
purpose and passion are really important and finding a career where you have both are um, awesome. But I, I think the third P is platform, right? Like if you, if you have a passion, right? Mine is marketing and you have a purpose. So what's my purpose? And my purpose can change, right? Sure. Depending upon the organization, the product, right? The value proposition, you know, I have a purpose and then I have to have the right platform to be successful. True. Right. And that's how you make marketing a superstar. That's how you're adding value across the organization. Make them a superstar. So, and having the right platform is, you know, right now, you know, at a more, I mean, listen, you know, we hire entrepreneurs. That's what we want. We want people who come in and they build. Right. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. Right. And that's the right platform. Right. So now you've got my passion, right. You've got, my purpose, mm -hmm. you've got the platform. And that's how you make marketing a superstar. I love that. I love that. Purpose, passion, platform. The three Ps. You know, forget the, the marketing school Ps. This is right. real. This is the real deal right here. This yeah, I think that's the evolution. Yeah. Yeah, the evolution of 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 who we are as a people now, right? We I mean, especially millennials, you see people want purpose right? They mm -hmm. want purpose. They want passion. Um, but if they're not moving their career, you know, and taking it to an organization that gives them the right platform to be successful, right? Like if you come in and go and people go, listen, you know, you run marketing. I don't want you involved in the customer. I don't want you involved in culture. I don't care about internal communication. None of that matters. Trust who cares. It's not your problem. Yeah. Right. I want you to just focus on pumping content out. Who cares what it says, right? Doesn't doesn't matter. Just get it out. Get right. it out the door, right. right? Make it look pretty. Make it look pretty. And I want you to send X amount of pieces of content. Every I want X amount of posts on social. I want X amount of engagements. And I want X amount in opportunities. And I want X amount in conversions. If that's what they're looking at, and guess what? A lot of companies actually are structured like that. Sure. You know, I just don't know if you're really at the right platform yeah, you know, to really yeah. be a superstar. I mean, you can be a superstar and rock those numbers, but there's like disconnect across the entire organization, right? So I don't know, that's my, I mean, that's my opinion, you know? That's yeah. where I think uh, the value marketing is just a lot broader than, you know, than just supporting sales. Yeah, you know, I, I love what you're talking about with that and I've encountered that. I think a lot of the sort of, you mentioned hiring entrepreneurs can be scary because, you know, herding cats and creative ideas. You have to be able to focus and get, you know, actually execute on a couple ideas too, not just come right. up with them. But uh, you need that freedom. And I always found that when I would join a, a company that maybe I wasn't so good at finding the right platform. And so I would join some companies that probably <laughs> weren't the right platform, but they didn't know it. And I didn't know it until maybe a year in where, where all that sort of leeway goes away and I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's break this and let's fix this. And here's a funnel and here's this. And, and after about a year, they're like, okay, we actually just want you to, you know, be formulaic. And it's like, right. okay, I'll get my resume ready. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Right. I mean, it's to your point, like you can't really put marketing in a corner. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know that that's really, you know, valuing what we can bring to the table. Right. Um, and that's unfortunate. 
I think we put ourselves in the corner too. Like, it, I, oh, I for sure. That said, you know, we're we're kind of like, and I use this term, the print shop for sales. You know, we, oh, you need another, you know, book printed? Great, let me get that for you. And um, and it's like, have you tried getting out out of this box and of this corner? Right. Um, or you're sort of, I mean, it's comfortable because one of the things is if you're just a print shop, I mean, you just, if you spit that content out, well, you're not really being held accountable because you spit the content out. You may right. be the first to go, but like, you know, it's stepping up and being a part of the bigger conversation can be a little scary, but it also makes you that much more important and more of a hero, you know, an actual hero to the whole company. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think, Listen, when I go into the office every day, my whole career, I feel like that's my company, Yeah. right? That's my attitude. I mean, that's my company. I care deeply about everything that's happening, right? Because I don't know how you can go out and you can say to a customer, like, we offer X, Y, and Z. Yeah. We do X, Y, and Z, right? This is why we're better than our competitors because of X, Y, and Z. I don't know how you can actually have those conversations as a marketer if you're not deeply connected to every facet of the organization. Right. Right. And, you know, to me, that's success. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe some organizations are different where you can actually silo marketing and you can put marketing in a corner. Right. I haven't experienced that in my career and I've worked across lots of different industries. Um, and so, you know, I think it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting myth. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously you're a marketer, right? You value marketing, but um, maybe the clients that you work with, they all perceive marketing to, to be different, to serve different functions. Um, but do they really value marketing in their overall organization the way that they should? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I think tying some of the things you've said together here, um, you know, making everyone internally like a client, when, when, when clients don't understand what you do and they don't understand the value of your company. It's on you to help them understand that. That's our, our job. Right. We uh, by, educate. By, right. To educate. And so yeah. by the same token, internally, if sales doesn't understand what you do or, or the COO or whoever doesn't understand what you do, it's on us to communicate to them and have those conversations so that they understand what we do and they understand the real value. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, I think the other important thing about, you know, making marketing a superstar is talent. I mean, I yeah. have to say, like one of the most rewarding aspects of my career is being able to hire talent, surround myself with talent, mentor talent, be mentored by amazing talent. Mm. Um, and that is like, you know, that's critical. Yeah. That's critical. Yeah. There's, there's something magical about surrounding yourself with people smarter than you. And it's a little scary, but at the same it's time, totally it's totally scary at amazing, first, right? Yeah. Right? You're, like, you're like, do I sound like You're like, should I even be here? You're like, yeah. yeah, no, that's that's good. And then I've I've grown to find that if I am in, am in a room where I feel like maybe I'm the smartest person, like first I have to ask, okay, what can I learn from everyone? But then two, maybe I need to challenge myself. Like maybe right. I need to get in a different room and whatever right. it may be. So yeah, right. tell me more about the talent. How? How you find, uh, by the way, are you hiring? <laughs> are the, the um, I feel like we're always hiring, right? Hiring? We're always looking for, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, hard workers and out of the box thinkers. And, you know, we're always looking for that type of talent. Okay. Um, yeah. So, in, you know, in I Boston think, or in anywhere? Yes. Yeah, so we right? have offices, you know, all throughout the U.S. We're actually a Nebraskan grown 
company. I don't, wow. I know you don't hear that often on like the show. corn. Yeah. Like corn, the Huskers, you know it. Um, so we started in Nebraska. We have offices, sales offices all over. We've got, you know, New York and California and Boston and so forth. So on Dallas. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely, you know, up and coming and rising and growing and expanding. And we're always looking for, for awesome people. But, um, you know, throughout my career, I think, uh, you know, I've always taken risks on yeah. people, always. And you know what? It's always paid off big time. Wow. So I've had people who have, you know, come in and interviewed and they don't, their resume doesn't have what I'm looking for in the job description, but there's something in them, right? There's a spark. There's something where we connect and I go, I can go to battle with this person, yeah. right? Like, and I'll have their back, they'll have my back and like, we can be in it, right? Um, and taking a risk on people who, you know, don't fit in the square box, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that. I try to live by that. Um, and I've never once been disappointed when I've done that. Um, and that's really about, you know, retaining and, and hiring new talent. Um, I really like internship programs. I think being able to mentor a lot of people, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of mentoring a lot of awesome up and coming marketers. Um, and I talk to every single one of them still to this day, they've gone in a million different directions. And I was fortunate in that regard because my brother's actually, you know, has his doctorate. He's a communications professor. So he's pumping out really young, fresh, awesome talent. That's and he's great. like, Hey, if you have opportunities, like I want to connect you with some really, you know, bright shining stars. And that's worked out really awesome. Um, and then just hiring really amazing talent, working beside people who, you know, you could just have this conversation you come out and you're like, wow, like we can build a rocket ship and fly to the moon, right? Yeah. Like this person, the two of us, like we can do it, right? Um, and then working with people that are smarter than you and, you know, really um, have great vision for where they want to go. You know, I think that that ultimately helps build a platform for marketers to be successful. And, you know, I don't know that every person, when you're getting into a role, you, you look at it from every perspective like that. Right. And to me, that's really important. You know, I hate it when, you know, somebody gets hired and they go like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm like, well, you didn't do your research, buddy. You know, like, <laughs> that's you on you. harder yeah. questions. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the talent is, uh, is really important because again, you know, marketing is about communication and collaboration. Yeah. Right. And for me, like people will come into me and they'll be like, from a totally different department, not even in marketing, and they'd be like, um, I have like a marketing idea, but I don't want you to think that I'm stupid. And it might sound terrible. And I'm like, no, some of the best stupid ideas. Stupid or can stepping come on your toes. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, let's bring it. Like, let's do this, you know? Right. Um, and so talent comes from everywhere, and ideas come from everywhere. And so I, I don't think that there's a place for ego in marketing. I was going to ask about that because to be in a room with lots of really smart or amazing or passionate people and you're like whoa i gotta step my passion up i gotta i gotta learn some more like ego comes into play like am i enough to even be in this room right now oh, yeah. i think sometimes we protect ourselves from that by maybe do, taking less risks you know right right absolutely i mean i think you know one of the best again one of the best moments i had is you know i hired this this girl she's a rock star she is a, de a designer and uh 
and she we were doing a project and I was like, listen, you're better than me. Like, take it. Yeah. Do whatever you want with it, right? And you know, she reported to me and she was like, wait, you mean I have like free reigns here? I was like, yeah, let's see what you got. You know, <laughs> where normally I would like, you know, I'd work, we'd work in collaboration, but I wanted her to have a platform to really shine. Yeah. And she like came to me later and she was like, that was like the best like mentor moment in my career where you just let me do it. And I was like, that's, that's what you got to do, right? Any boss, right. Right. regardless of what your, your role is, or your title, if you're marketing or if you're not, letting the people shine. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the egos of like, oh, I got to make myself look better than my team. No way. I'm always like, my team needs to look better than me. Yeah. You know? Because that makes me look good, right? True. And True. I'm lifting people up. So, you know, talent, talent's really important. And I love, you know, creativity and taking a risk on people and, and letting them prove to you that they have something to offer. It's amazing. Uh, you know, who are you is my question. Who really. am I? Like, you, you can tell you're an amazing leader, a, like a fantastic manager, a mentor. You're in it for the whole organization. You've said passion like 300 times. I, you're passionate. Like, take us back to like little Jacqueline days. Did you always know you're going to go this path or who are you really? Yeah. So who am I? So, you know, it's interesting, right? So my dad went to, I was, so I was a daddy's girl, right? Um, loved my dad, worshiped the ground he walked on, thought he was like, like everything. Right. And so my dad went to art school, lived in Chicago, went to art school. Um, then was like, I can't make a career in art, went back, got a degree in marketing. So his hmm. whole career was built in radio. So we moved, I don't know, I've moved like 30 times in my life. Really? Yeah. Oh as, yeah. Like in, as a child, like as a child, Wow. don't even know like the order and where I lived places. My, the chronological order of my childhood all messed up. Right. Um, moved around a lot because my dad was in radio. And so he, he was in marketing and sales, right? So again, he did the sales thing. He did the marketing thing. He did both. Um, and so we went wherever the market opportunities were. So, so there were a couple things from my childhood that, you know, really stand out that I think yeah. got me to where I am today. So one was, um, you know, my youngest memory probably, right, for a lot of us as kids was going to the grocery store with your mom or your dad and seeing these cereal boxes. Mm. And you would see commercials on TV, right? Zero commercials. And then you would go to the store and you would make this crazy connection. And it was an emotional connection to a cover of a cereal box. And you felt so deeply connected to it and you ate it and it probably didn't taste very good. I mean, as right. I'm sure, you know, it, they did. Um, but I remember then being like, when I grow up, I want to design the cover of cereal boxes because the power it has over consumers. I was amazed by that. Wow. Um, now, fast forward to present One day. second. If you think about cereal box right now, which one comes to mind? Lucky Charms. Me, me too. I was thinking really? that the whole time you're describing it. And <laughs> when you mentioned eating it, I was like, yeah, it doesn't exactly taste like a rainbow, but let me find the marshmallows. And right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And they did that, right? They did like marshmallow only for a little while. Um, but now fast forward to current day and I'm listening to all these like, you know, um, you know, medical and healthcare podcasts and things like that. And they talk about, you know, the United States is the only country besides Syria that doesn't regulate how we market to children. Hmm. Think about that. 
Like that's insane. Right? Us in Syria, huh? Us in Syria, like we're hanging out and good. Not good company, the best bedfellows. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like fast forward, this is what ultimately drove a lot of my decision making about my career. But, but now you look at like our obesity rates in children and diabetes in children. And it's a problem. The way that we're marketing things is a problem in this country, right? Um, so anyway, so that was like one of my earliest memories. And then- And that, know, was, that was in school or just- that was as a child. As a child. I mean, wow. As a child, yeah. I remember being captivated at how powerful marketing was, right? Um, and then I remember I was in ninth grade. We lived in Wheeling, West Virginia. Crazy, but true. <laughs> and uh, my, we lived there the for John six Denver months. and. Yeah, totally. We only lived there for six months, but my dad had an opportunity there. And I remember sitting at the dining room table with my mom, my dad, my brother. And he was like, okay, we're going to rebrand this radio station, right? I'm going to hire all new talent. We're going to reposition it. So we're, as a family, going to come up with the slogan. We're yeah. going to come up with the name. We're going to draw the, the logo. And I remember us doing that as a family. My dad drew it. My mom came up with the slogan. We all talked about what the color scheme should be. And then like a week later, we saw this you know, giant ad in the newspaper and he launched this new radio station. Wow. Yeah. And for me, that was, you know, that was a defining moment in my life, right? Like I saw a brand come to life. You really? And to see it in like, I don't know, was it in color, but it was like full page, like a big page. Like page. There, it's real. Like it's real. you can touch it. And right, like it came from a napkin on our dining room table to now an ad to now he was hiring talent, people were relocating, that he was building this brand. Wow. You know, I thought like, that's crazy. And I remember my mom going like, you know, it was uh, like 60s and 70s, like, you know, old time rock and roll is what everyone used to coin the phrase. And my mom's like, I don't want to be called old time, right? Like I'm not an old timer. So we called it like good time rock and roll. And it was just that one change to the word and it just resonated better with the consumers. Um, so anyway, so that's, you know, like one of my memories of, of how I got into marketing, but fast forward. Well, what was the brand? Like it, you designed, what, what did the logo? It was a jukebox. Oh. It was a jukebox and it said good time rock and roll. That was the tagline for the station. Um, so, you know, there were like little tweaks and stuff, whatever, but, but, you know, to be a part of that, yeah. I think was like really special as a child. Um, so anyway, so then fast forward and so this, that was like some of the good stuff. So then some of the interesting things, right? When you start learning about, okay, so I had this like consciousness of, you know, how powerful marketing was and brand building at a young age. And then you talk about like, how does communication sort of weave into that as a child? So we moved around a lot. We lived in the South. Um, we got bullied a lot, yeah. my brother and I. Um, one for just being new, two because you know we were Jewish and um, that doesn't go over well in parts of the United States. Um, so we got jumped a lot. Really? Yeah, like crowbars, like aggressive, hardcore yeah. jumped. Um, and I don't know. I think you know, for whatever reason, when I would be put in these really traumatic situations where violence could really take over, I would go up to whoever was being sort of the catalyst for violence and I would just look in their eyes and make eye contact like no fear like this person's holding a crowbar totally wants to kill me and I would just like walk up to them and I'd be like look look at me you know like let's mm -hmm. make eye contact and I would try to talk them down like as a child 
right? Wow. As a child. How old? I mean, I was in sixth grade the first time, you know, we were walking home from the bus stop and, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, on the trail. Like adults or like other kids? No kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it lasted all the way up through college, right? Yes. So, um, and I would, I always, even in college, you know, everybody's having a good time. There's some alcohol involved. People get a little rowdy, you know, fights break out. I would just walk straight up to the person who's being aggressive and like make eye contact and feel that I had the power to talk them down. Right. right. And I think all of that leading up was, you know, how powerful communication is and the words. And, you know, even now, I mean, look at how powerful marketing is. I mean, look at milk, look at diamonds, right? Look at the president of the United States. I mean, now marketing can elect a president. Right. A hundred percent. Right. So marketing is super powerful. Yeah. All the, yeah. All these things. Communication's, you know, so powerful. Um, and I think these are all the things leading up to, you know, my adulthood that, you know, when I went to, when I went to college, I was an artist and I was younger. I was really into design and taking after your dad, right? He was taking after my dad artist, but you actually went to school for art too. I went to school for art because, you know, all my art teachers sat me down in high school and they were like, you know, my dad was a good artist. My brother was a good artist. I was a good artist. And they were like, you know, you're our only hope. You're our final hope. You have to make a career in art. And so I went to school for art and, uh, some people do that for football and for hockey or sports and right. No, your family was like, look, we need an artist in the family. Okay. Right. Right. Don't be Um, a doctor and attorney. Like, please go into art. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Don't worry. They wanted a doctor and attorney. Um, But, uh, but anyway, so, and then, you know, my dad was like, listen, it's not realistic to go out into the world and have this art degree. You have to do something. And I used it in marketing because marketing is all about like creativity and it's a really good sort of transition and you can use a lot of your skills and, you know, and you can make a, you know, you can make a good living. Like let's, you don't want to be a starving artist. Right. So, and then I made this shift and, you know, took, uh, a lot of really interesting classes and um, I remember one was like persuasion and social influence that was the name of the class wow Sounds and cool. it was it was all about you know communication and marketing and how brands can persuade consumers to act or buy or do yeah which is crazy yeah, um, and and so anyway so that's you know so then I uh, that's how I got into marketing and I sat in my grandmother's living room with the yellow pages um my senior year and i frantically was like i need i need life lessons right Mm -hmm. i need practical experience right like this stuff they're teaching me in college like how do i use it and i knew enough to do that internships were required and i sat on her floor and i went through the yellow pages right like old school ever you know people may be listening going like what's up yeah what's up and um and i called every agency at this time, I was living in the Philadelphia area. Every agency in the Philadelphia area is like, listen, I will work for free, right? Like I was hustling, right? Like I will work for free. I just want knowledge. I want tools to be successful. And one agency said yes. One. That's all I needed. That was my, that was my entryway in. And I worked there. I kind of feel, I kind of feel like, um, these other agencies were like the publishers who passed on Harry Potter, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like child <laughs> wizard. That's dumb. <laughs> Pass. Right. Right. Or like, you want to start a company called Amazon? Uh, I'm not really sure I see your vision on that. Yeah. Yeah. A bookstore online. That's stupid. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The, the, so, the passion to to do that and to, I mean, 
that's not the path that everyone like to go out there and hustle and grind it out and say, look, I want to work for free. I'm surprised, you know, knowing what I know now that more people weren't like, don't know who you are, but that's pretty amazing that you're offering that. Like get over here. But I'm glad right. one did. Right. I mean, who does that? Right. Like right. I thought it was a radical thought, but I was so desperate for real experience. And so, yeah, I worked at this agency and, um, you know, taught me a lot of the foundational components of what you need to know about marketing and advertising and PR and branding and clients, you know, relations and all of that. And it was, it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, worked in B to B to B to C. <laughs> There's a lot of B's and C's in that. Yeah. Um, and then B to C, e-commerce, B to B. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think at this point it, you know, the marketing landscape's totally shifted and it's now about, listen, it's H to H. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in the B to B to B to C to B to whatever stuff anymore. Everybody wants to just be talked to them, right? It comes down to like personalization and yeah. I want people to talk to me, right? Right. I don't want to be talked to like, um, you know, some just number. Um, and, and that's some of the fun stuff that you get to do. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, and now I'm here you know, at a more from the finance and, and, you know, talk about opportunity. I mean, I was at an event, an industry event on a dance floor at Johnny's hideaway. In Atlanta, I've Georgia. Johnny's hideaway. Have you? I've closed it down before. I've, nice. I've, Me I've too. danced the night away there before. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I was at Johnny's hideaway. In Atlanta, in Atlanta right? Georgia. Or, huh? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was there and I was dancing the night away and, uh, a friend of mine, this guy, Mike, came up to me on the dance floor and he said, hey, I'm working with this company. We're doing some awesome things. We need a head of marketing. And here I am. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I, oh. that was my gateway to a more equipment finance. Yeah. Not only can you get some dancing, but now you can get, you can get hired there too. That's fantastic. Right. right. I mean, that doesn't happen often, but you never know. There's always opportunities around the corner. You just have to be open to them. And that's cool. And really your network and the people that you're working with them, obviously they know you care, they know who you are and you have the opposite of instead of people chasing you, people are chasing you in a good way. They're saying, Oh yeah, this person is a rock star. She's a leader and powerful. So let's get her on the team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know about that, but I think it's, um, I think it's about just building your personal brand, That's right. True. As marketers, you have to true. really build a, a good brand and you have to, you know, you have to be there. You have to give your time. Right. I think giving time is, is everything. Yeah. Um, you have to listen, right. Being a good marketer is about listening and listening to your employees, to your peers, to your customers, taking the information and trying to make it actionable. Right. Um, and I think, you know, just, just being my best personal self, you know, when I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it. Um, you know, I don't believe in people giving me deadlines. Like I volunteer for my own deadlines. I go, if somebody makes a request, I go, I'm going to get that to you on this date. And I do everything I can to make sure I do that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's about, you know, that's about your personal brand. And uh, I think that that does more for, for anyone than anything else. You know, I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. out there. I'm not like trying to pitch or sell myself. I don't have my own website. I'm not doing all these fancy videos everywhere. Like a lot of awesome marketers are like, I'm just trying to, do my job right like yeah. that's it i'm all in right and uh, i don't have time to do <laughs> maintain a website or you know make video content like i hats off to those who can but i'm not that person no i fantastic i love that and the all in and it reminded me of um 
there's a Charles Bukowski poem. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't think I have. It's called All the Way. Okay. And, it, and it's just all about going, like, going all in, going all the way. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, if you're going to go, if you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing in a park. It could mean jail. It could mean derision. It could mean mockery, isolation. All the others are a test of your endurance of how much you really want to do it. And then toward the end, it said, um, if you're going to try, go all the way. There's no other feeling like that. You'll be alone with the gods and the night will flame with fire. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. Wow, that's intense. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's go a good all the one. way. Go all the way, yeah. So you've made so many amazing decisions in your career. If, if, you, if I could put you in a time machine to go back to your, your, your getting out of college and you know, beginning your career, what would you advise yourself? Is there anything you would tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it comes down to, and I don't want to sound cliche because I feel like this is sort of like, you know, this is a go-to right mm -hmm. here. So I'm going to go to it because it's, it's tried and true and honest. I think really going with your instinct, your gut, is uh it's underrated right like mm. i make listen i've made a lot of mistakes in my career for sure i think everybody has but as long as you can learn from those mistakes and there's some deep pleasure in making mistakes right like i am so thankful for all the mistakes that i've made because i've learned so much from them you never make the same mistake twice though um right. but i think you know it's really about going with your gut and you know, there's been situations where something just isn't right and I feel it, right? And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of always right about those things, you know? Um, whether it's something's bad, something's good, you know, a person comes in, they interview for a job, very little transferable skills, right? Very little transferable skills, but you go, I think this person's gonna work really hard to prove me wrong, right? And taking a chance on them, um, I think that's what I would say to my older version of myself is, you know, don't question your gut or your instinct. You have to believe in yourself. Mm, I like that. I think that's an important message to tell, you know, up and comers, right? Like when I mentor a lot of my, you know, past employees and so forth and so on, and they say, Hey, listen, I have this opportunity. Like I'm never one. I never like to see people go. Mm -hmm. right but if if it's an amazing opportunity like i'm all for it like i will yeah. applaud you on your way out like good for you but it's it's it crushes me when they say i'm going to depart from this thing that i'm awesome at and i want to just try something different right it's like oh but you're so good at what you do yeah, you found um, that sweet spot and, and and maybe they don't know yet what it's like to not be in that sweet spot and right and yeah yeah, it's tough. But yeah, I would just say, you know, follow your, follow your gut, follow your instinct. I think that's believing yourself. That's really, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many things to talk about. We've chatted for a long time. I, we have. Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more, maybe send your resume or just, you know, connect? What, what platforms are good for you? Yeah, so you can find me a couple places. So uh, Amoreef, so it's A-M-U-R-E-F.com um, on our company website. You can send me an email through that. That's a really good place to connect. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, the usual. Um, like I said, I don't have a fancy website. I don't have time for that. 
um, <laughs> I'm out there. I mean, you can search me. I'm out there. I definitely welcome anyone connecting and, you know, I'm always looking for, um, different tools and, you know, uh, different ways to challenge the status quo and what we're doing. And, and if they're out there, I want to hear about it. Man, I love it. I love it. I found you on Twitter. We're going to put all these links in the show notes so people can, can click right through and, and get to you. I thank you so much for coming on here. I'm, I've just, I've enjoyed this. We've just chatted and talked marketing and, and the purpose and the passion and the platform and the P's and all and these value things. and value marketing yeah. actions and their value to the organization. It's yeah. Yeah. It's been good. Hopefully, you know, people will think a little differently after they listen to this. I'm sure they will. And in for, for those listening uh, now, if you did learn something and I know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader to one person. That makes you a thought leader. Share this episode to a fellow marketer, 10 fellow marketers, your team, your company, whatever, whatever is the right fit. Like get this information in other people's hands so that they can take advantage of this. And then really think about those three P's and how they, they align to your career. Like, are you in the right place? Do you have that platform? And are, are you on a mission? Is your company that you're working at now, do you like their mission? Do you like your customers? Do you feel like driven? If so, right. great. If not, be looking and challenging yourself and, and uh, going from there. And again, thank you so much, Jacqueline. This has been fantastic. Thank you. I really had fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for everyone out there listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors, Cheshire Impact helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to Qualified.com, engage in a chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you and that book will be on its way to your door. All right, we'll see you all in the next one.